Welcome to the Finding Success Show, where we interview successful people so you can learn what it takes to find your own success in business and in life. Coming to you live from the Jersey Shore with your host, Justin Bosak, Abram Covella, and Steve Libman. Welcome back to the Finding Success Radio Show, where we are looking for people that are achieving, finding, seeking, failing at, persevering towards, and ultimately gaining the success that they're looking for in life today. We are happy to have Josh Blair from Family First Funding in the uh, studio with us. Thanks for coming out. Abe, Justin, as always. Yeah. Great to have you guys in the studio. How's it going? It's going great. You guys are doing well. <laughs> always trying, baby. We're having yeah, fun. That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. got to have fun with it. We get to sit in a room and talk to people about what success looks like in their life and how we're doing it. And hopefully we get to learn something and teach something to the listeners. So we're excited about it. Awesome. Cool. So um, let's just dive right in. Josh Blair, Family First Funding. A um, little bit of your backstory, where you came from, sure. how did you get into what you're doing, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. That's a loaded question, right? Yes. You know? <laughs> so I was born at a very early age. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, fast forward a little bit. We got that. We got that done. <laughs> we got that done. Okay. Um, yeah. So been in the mortgage banking business for 18 years now. And uh, the, 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 the backstory um, is pretty simple. Grew up in a hardworking middle class. My mom was a hairdresser. My dad was a factory worker. And didn't really have much. You know, I, I, the kids today are growing up in a completely different world than, than how I grew up and probably many people out there. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, hardworking middle class, you know, and that's kind of the background. And... Um, you know, early on in my life, and, and I didn't realize that my, my past really happened for me, but not to me, was, um, you know, to, to speak very candidly, you know, my, it, when I was 18 years old, my parents lost their house to a foreclosure. You know, uh, my, my dad's company shut down. Uh, my mom had a carpal tunnel and she was a hairdresser, so she couldn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And long story short, you know, I'm graduating high school, getting ready to go to college, and they're like, we're moving. You know, you can come with us to South Carolina or you can stay up here. And I, you know, didn't want to move to South Carolina. You know, I'm one of four children. Kind of was, you know, getting my, you know, uh, you know, my foundation of being a young adult here in New Jersey. So I said, no, I don't want to go. And, uh, you know, so there was a feeling of abandonment. You know, there's a feeling of what do I do next? Uh, I was there when the sheriff came and knocked on the door and said, hey, kid, you got to get out. So I packed up everything, you know, from the waterbed to the posters and to my Hyundai Excel hatchback and, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and, you know, had it all figured out. Car. You know, when you're a teenager, you do uh, know it all, right? Yeah. Let's be honest. And, uh, you know, moved to uh, Seaside Heights. And uh, that was that was the beginning, you know, which, uh, you know, nowadays, you know, um, you know, it's it's. It's not like that with many children. You know, there's, if, whether there's more money, more resources, I'm, I'm sure there's other people out there that have, it, have had it even more challenging than me. But that was my beginning uh, into the world. And uh, it, wasn't until, it wasn't until I went bankrupt at 19, uh, had multiple auto repos um, years later that I fell into the, the mortgage business. So and, let's talk uh, about that real quick because um, I, I find this story happens a lot where there's an impactful foreclosure, repo, mm-hmm. something like that. And then instead of learning from it and going the full other direction right away, you fell into it, mm-hmm. right? You replicated what you saw versus 
I mean, now, granted, we'll get to the other side of the story, sure. but I think it's always interesting to point out that there is some uh, tie to what you grew up in and some adoption of that into your life, whether you like to admit it or not. Yeah. Right. So why don't you speak to that just for a second in, in terms of like how you saw that going down and then how you got yourself into your own financial situation and do you see now looking back on it that those two things may have been intertwined in some way no question about it I, you know we we all come into the world the same way right and it's what we learn you know i believe that our you know our, our, our soul is pure and then everything else is just programming you know we we you know we tend to do uh half of what our, our parents and teachers say but do 100 percent of what they do so the trials and, and, and tribulations that my parents went through, um, I kind of just kind of duplicated. You know, those behaviors, those patterns just kind of, you know, fell into place. And, and, you know, I was basically, like you said, replicating that. So um, the, the, I guess the, the foundation or backbone to that was my parents were awesome as far as parents, but as far as hard workers. I mean, they always ingrained in me you know, if you work hard, if you, if you put your mind to it, you can have anything that you want. So, um, yeah, going through that, you know, as a, you know, as being, you know, somewhat selfish or, or self-centered, I'm like, well, I, I thought in the beginning, this isn't fair. You know, here I'm trying to go to college. I'm working two jobs. You guys couldn't keep your financial world together. And now I'm stuck on my own. So for years, um, I didn't have a great relationship with my parents. You know, I kind of, there was this underlining resentment, like, mm. You know, and, and, and I'm doing all the C's. I'm, I'm criticizing, comparing, complaining, you know, and um, it was definitely, you know, uh, not a, a, a great beginning at that point. You know, looking back, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. It was, um, path, right? it, it was yeah, because when I found the business or the business found me, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm driving a buy here, pay here car. Um, I'm renting an apartment. And, um, you know, I'm 28 years old and I said, you know what, it's, it's, it's about time I, you know, stepped up here. You know, I guess the pity party and, and the, the whole being a victim of what happened kind of came to an end. You know, I, I guess that's when I really started growing up. I said, I, you know, now it's time to make a change. And what I'm do just, you think that catalyst was? Was it a book you read, something you listened to? I mean, because I think we've all probably gone through that moment of yeah. where yeah, now moment. we have to take responsibility for our own lives. Right. That. We no longer get to blame other people for our station in life, right? Mm -hmm. And I think most successful people would argue that that has happened to them. I, I know 50 and 60-year-old victims that still haven't had that epiphany and right. they're still in the same station in life and they're complaining and you know criticizing and things like that. So was there a catalyst to that or was it just kind of your own aha At moment? At the time, I, right before I got in the mortgage business, I did meet my wife. Ah, you know, ah, she was my girlfriend. Help. That's it. Well, they we know help. her, so we now so know. It now was, we know why. Uh, <laughs> so maybe that had something to do with it. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I did meet her, and uh, you know, um, she was deserves great things before. Yeah, before <laughs> I got in the business, and um, it was just, and I'm, I, I look back and just so grateful that you know I you know had a car. Because then I would have been maybe in the car business. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but mm -hmm. I feel that where I'm at now, I can provide a, a more of an impact to people when I meet them. Um, I'm glad and I have food in the table. Week, right? Yeah, I'm glad I have food in the table because then I, maybe I would have worked at a restaurant. So I just didn't have a house. So as much as it was, yeah, I met my wife. I wanted to have a, you know, I wanted to kind of start my, my life. Um, I said, you know what? I said, you know, uh, if I got a job 
in the real estate or mortgage business. Worst thing that could happen is I, I won't get taken to the cleaners like my parents did with their house. I you know, will mitigate any, learn how not to get into foreclosure, yep. learn about basic financial planning. So um, you know, the, I was part of the dot-com industry that was kind of falling apart at the time. So I said, why not? And then uh, I got in the mortgage business and um, didn't know much about the mortgage business at all. Um, and basically said, you know what, worst comes to worst, I'll, I'll get a good deal on a house. Right. And, that, and that was how simple it was. I mean, so there was a lot of, there was belief. You know, I think belief is huge when it comes to success. You have to actually believe in yourself and, and what you're doing. But for me, it was just taking action. You know, it was, it was um, fight or flight. And, uh, you know, it was matter of, okay, well, I'm going to go for this. You know, and, uh, you know, grateful that I, grateful that I did. Well, I, awesome. I, like, I like the fact that you, you know, you got into it and, and your goal in the mind at the, that time was, I want to figure out a way not to make the same mistake as, as my parents. Right. And, and even if I get a house out of this, you know, that's, that was your goal. So you kind of set a stepping stone. I, I think a lot of people, you know, and the whole purpose of the show is we're trying to teach people it's, there's no shortcut to success. You, know, you got to set stepping stones. So like for you, you set that stepping stone and it's like, all right, you hit that. And it's like, now where can I take it? That's a mindset mindset shift yeah. like right there within itself. So you didn't know that you were going to become this Correct. super successful mortgage guy and have all these people working for you when you first made that decision. But not at all. The road took you there because then you had the belief in the foundation and just kept pushing. And I think like all entrepreneurs that eat what you kill mentality, <clears throat> that, that kind of sets us apart, right? Yeah. Like. I'm not going to rely on somebody else for a paycheck. I'm going to rely on me right. because I've seen other people rely on others and then it goes away. Yep. So everybody says like, don't you feel insecure working for yourself? No, I feel insecure <laughs> working for everybody else right. because, uh, because totally, I'm not in absolutely. control of my destiny. Like, I'm on Steve like, Libman Island. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I like me, to wake up and, and go, I. I control the outcome of today. Sure. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Good or bad outcomes, yep. that's on me. Yeah. And it's a scorecard, right? Everybody's like, oh, well, you like to make a lot of money, don't like to make a lot of money. At the end of the day, money's just a scorecard, right? Are you doing well or are you not? Is, it, is your business and success mm -hmm. tied to that? Absolutely not. We've talked about that on yeah. almost every episode here. It's only part right. of the report card right there. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But I, I like that eat what you kill mentality because I think the people that get into that business, it's very quick where they recognize whether they're going to sink or swim yep. and whether they're going to really take over or if they're just going to be mediocre. Yeah, for for maybe some of you, but for me it was, it was you know, necessity is the mother of all innovation, right? I mean, it was, there was really no choice. Right. And, uh, and you, you just, it just popped in my mind. I mean, my dad was laid off, you know, my mom was disabled. And uh, yeah, that's, it was, it was a matter of, that's not, I, maybe that happened to, you know, to uh, expose me to what I didn't want, mm. you know, you know, working, you know, and not having anything to show for it at the end of the day. I um, mean, again, they, that with, and, and there's no, there's no resentment to what they did. I mean, um, both very successful, if you ask me, I mean, they raised four children, you know, put us all through, you know, we got through high school and, and had a, the opportunity to move forward. But, um, you know, my, my, my brothers and sister are successful today. And again, it was, it really came down to work ethic for them and really finding out what they wanted. So, and that um, hard work, it translates, right? Yeah. I mean, so what we talk about a lot here is how the mindset 
of hard work doesn't relate necessarily to financial freedom all the time because we haven't been taught some of those foundational principles about how money works, right? Some of the hardest working people I know broke, Yeah. right? So I think it's interesting that we are told to go to school, get a good job, work real hard, and then try to retire and invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and ETFs so that we could be financially free. But very few people that you know that have taken that path are really financially free, right? It's the, it's the great yeah, lie so of Wall Street. Obligations. So I think it's um, important to have that work ethic instilled into you, yeah. regardless of whether or not it translated to money or not, right? So definitely some good things from there. But again, going back to kind of the, the tie into what you grow up in, you start to become, unless you have one of those moments where it's like, I got to change. Something's got to be different. Right. And uh, and you had that. All right. So take us a little bit further now. Yeah. So um, so I got in the mortgage business and that's where it was a surprise, but it was kind of kind of no surprise. I, I realized that, um, that people out there just didn't have the common understanding of what you just said, finances. I mean, what we learn about money, honestly, we learn from two places, our parents, and our teachers. And, you know, where do they learn it from? Have you read that new Kiyosaki book? No, it's the newest one. Fake Money, Fake Teachers? No, I did not read that one yet. No. <clears throat> he talks about the yeah. fake teachers that teach us about money that don't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> and they're out there. And oh, the, and they're everywhere. out there. And they're on TV and they're selling books. And, and so, um, but yeah, so what we what we know about money, we generally learn from those two places. And, uh and, and so, and what do they, I always say to, with my clients, well, where do you think they learned it from? And then where do you think they learned it from? Now, at the end of the day, I realized, you know, I'm, I'm probably 29 or 30 and I'm like, I'm working on Abraham Lincoln thinking, you know, here, sure. you know, this recipe of how things are done is being passed down from generation to generation and people don't know what they don't know. And they think they know, but they, they really don't. And so um, the, I guess the unfair advantage or benefit I had in being in the, in the business was I, I knew from, you know, so associating with the right people that, um, that, you know, if you want something, if you want something that somebody has, just do what that person has done. You know, success is very much, you know, a duplicatable event. Absolutely. You know, if you want to, you know, if you want to cross a Japanese minefield, follow a Japanese person, you know, and that, that's in that, you know, that type of thing. So you, you follow what I'm saying? You want to follow that. You want to follow somebody that... Um, I still probably won't follow him through a Japanese minefield. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, but you know, like, <laughs> you that that's, yeah. that's very anecdotal there. Yeah. Well, but this, so. is, this has been brought up on every single show that we've done, right? Is that there's nothing new under the sun and... Yep. The blueprint is what somebody else has done. Now, you might tweak it and make it your own, but it's replicatable, right? Mm -hmm. Replicable? Probably that one. <laughs> um, you know, and y you can do it too as long as you can uh, apply and execute on what you see other people doing. You don't need to come up with this brand new idea. Even yeah. when you come up with a brand new invention, that's not really necessarily the new idea, right? Getting that thing to market and getting that thing sold. So – yeah, mentors, getting around the people that are doing what you want to do. I think we've talked about this a, a uh, lot. Yeah. But if you don't know what you want to do or you don't know how to get there, go find somebody that's living the life that you want, right, True. in the in the, those areas and just say, hey, can I take you out to dinner? Right, start asking those questions to those people because what you need to do is shake off those parental and teacher mindsets that have been instilled to us yeah. if you haven't been taught how to get free of those things yet. And the people that can teach you are the people that are not in that same lane. You know, we always talk about generational wealth on this show. What we don't talk about a lot is the generational poverty that gets in, 
that gets imparted as people grow up yep. because they don't understand how to pull themselves out of that mindset. Now, we all know the stories of the people that do, but what we don't see is the millions of people that never do. And it's really just because they don't self-educate or get around people that are educated in that, right? Stop taking money advice from your broke friends. We always say that jokingly, but go take money advice from people that have jets. It's not well, I always say that. So, so my mom was really good making chocolate chip cookies. So if you want to know about chocolate chip cookies, you would call my mom. But if you want to know about finance, you maybe not call her. Maybe you would call you know, your financial planner. So that's where I think a lot of people you know, growing up, I don't want to say it's just, in, you know, isolated to people that are in their teens or their 20s or their 30s. But what happens is, you know, throughout life, we're listening to mom and dad as we grow up. And then we get to a point where, we, you know, when our teenage years, where we possibly rebel and, and fall on our face and learn. And then we go back to our, 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 our parents. And in, in, in many cases, people feel, well, if I don't do what they say, then uh, there's uh, then there's we're, there's a loss of love between us, you know, or or I'm not a loyal, I'm not good enough, you know. They a lot of people will make themselves feel less than, you know. The sad truth is, is that sometimes not... that does happen in a family dynamic. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. I mean, I've experienced this where, you know, because you disagree, it looks like you are no longer loving or no longer right. respectful, yeah. right? So I mean, this goes deeper it's into extremely... deeper toxicity yeah. than just hey, we we disagree. So I think that that's a real problem. And as a parent, right, we're all parents here. As a parent, I think it's our responsibility to take the emotional quotient Mm -hmm. and say, I'm going to be responsible for how I feel and how I impart that to my kids and say, hey, it's okay to disagree with daddy. It's all good, right? Let's talk about why and create that transparency because I'd love nothing more than for you to come up and say, hey, I disagree and here's the reasons why, right? Logically lay it out and then that's okay. Right. I'm not going to be disrespected because of it, but didn't necessarily grow up in that household with that thinking. It took time and honestly, a lot of God's grace to pull me out of that type of thinking. So the truth is, is that we don't like to think that that exists, but we all know that it does. It does exist in that extra toxic environment where we can't have that communication of saying, hey, I love you, but your gifting is not wealth building. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I I think it's a healthy conversation to have. Right. Or it's, hey, I love you, and your gifting is wealth building, but it's not chocolate chip cookies. So, And, and, you, and, and, you, and you nailed it on the head before about the kids that grow up in poverty. You know, their parents were poor, and, and they follow their parents, and they and they and tough time getting out. And the kids that grew up with their parents being successful, you know, they're following their parents' guidance on that, and they ultimately end up outside of that bubble. You know, so it's sometimes you got it's like, all right, well, what am I looking at here? Do I want to, how do I get out of it? It's like, maybe this is not the path I should follow and think of. And it's different than the poverty that we think of when right. we look at dollars and cents in a bank account, right? right? We're talking about a mindset. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. absolutely. The poverty mindset versus the successful mindset is really what differentiates this from happening. So y- you get kind of tied down and bogged down into that poverty mindset, not necessarily because you didn't have anything or that you lost the house. Right. It's because there's not a growth orientation there, because there's not a learning curve of yep. saying, I don't know. Let's go find out together. Right. And when you think, you know, everything you failed. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think a lot of us have been around enough of those people where, you know, we just talked last show about creating our tribe. And that's right. what this radio show is doing, I think, is creating our tribe of people that at the end of the day, everybody has the same success principles. It's going to be giving. It's going to be faith. It's going to be family. It's going to be all of these things that don't have a dollar amount attached to it. 
So it's going to be impact, like yeah. we were talking about before. Yeah, that, that what he had said uh, at about impact, what was it, impact over income, income, income yeah. is is really where it's at. And I, it's the tag on the conditions and the programs that we learn as a child. A lot of times they're traumatic, you know, I mean, not just what I went through, but, at, you know, we only know what we know. You know, there's a guy right now driving around in South Beach in a Ferrari and he doesn't know any, that's what dad did. He doesn't know any other way. You know, there's somebody on Wiccan welfare in, in the inner city maybe, and, you know, there are three generations on Wiccan welfare and, and assistance, and they don't know any other way. And then there's the middle class, the hard Wiccan middle class. They don't know any other way. And I think that, you know, again, the, the I guess the blessing that I had was I was able to, um, when I got into what I do, look at the financial statements of people from all walks of life. And quite frankly, the stuff that a lot of what I've learned, I've learned from my clients. You know, what some people, what not to do and, and some what to do. And uh, yeah, you get to look under the hood, right? Yeah. And I'm like, this is interesting. So I just started noticing these patterns. And um, I had one client, he, they had said, they said, has, you know, did your parents ever tell you, you know, you know, knowledge is power. And I said, absolutely. You know, he goes, well, they lied to you. And I said, <laughs> what do you mean? You know, and I'm like, what are you talking about? My mom, like, what's going on? Here? <laughs> and he's like, no, they, they lie. He goes, well, knowledge is a power. He goes, think about it. You know, you, you know, you, do you remember the Dewey Decimal System? And I said, yeah. He goes, and who taught you that? I said, the librarian. I actually had to take a test on it, you know. And he goes, and how often do you use that now? I said, I don't. I use Google. I saw he goes, so, he goes, <laughs> so, so knowledge power. really isn't power. And think about it. You know, if knowledge was power, then shouldn't the librarian be kind of running the world? Mm-hmm. They have access to all this information. So it's not knowledge isn't power. And I think that's one of the, the head fakes is knowledge isn't power. Knowledge is only power if applied. You know, so it's not just learning, it's applying what you know. And I think that that holds people back so because true. people get into that, uh, uh, you know, that, that analysis of paralysis, you know, or paralysis of whatever it goes, and they're just studying and studying. They become students of all this stuff. And <laughs> Those they, are the people, by but, the way, that will argue with you to death about oh, yeah. pretty much oh my God. everything. Yeah, I saw that yeah. right? they all, <laughs> This one guy popped my mind just now. I'm like, man, he, this guy argues with me. He did work at the library, too. Every, <laughs> which is, really? Yes. So oh, execu- just, execution is power. Just knows oh. everything, right? But can't execute on anything. Why? Fear, Yeah. right? So you can't, I don't think you can de-paralyze yourself from fear by reading something, right? Yeah. You have to do it by so looking today. deep inside and jumping and growing wings on the way down, well, you know? The, and hopefully you have the, the people. It's the faith. Yeah. And jump, it's like jumping in the water, you know, when the pool first opens up and, and taking that step. Uh, that's, you know, it's, it's the belief and then it's, it's taking the action to that, um, which, yeah. Is, and it gets is easier if you have your tribe around you where, oh, Josh so just jumped in. I'm good. Yeah. I can go. Right. So it's having the right people around you, looking for the same things, understanding that, you know, this is not a roll of the dice. Mm-hmm. This is something that is tried and true. And when you execute and persevere and go up and go down, eventually you will win. And it's hard to see that, especially when you get started. I think many times the, what held me back early on um, and maybe other people is, you know, we, we tend to go back to our past to move forward. You know, I, I remember when I was a kid, my, my mom would say, well, if we get lost in the mall, meet at the place where we last saw each other, you know, and, you know, and, and, and so, you know, and all these little things that we've that we learn as children that served us then again, nothing from this point forward in the past was ever wrong. It, it, actually, it all served us in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. If you look at it that way, um, it's what brought us to this to where we are right now. But um, in, in, in doing that, um, 
you, you really have to take the, um, the, the past and leave it in the past. Mm. You, know, it, you know, if you lost a job, you lost a, a loved one, you lost a spouse, you know, many times I think that fear that holds people back from taking action is that they revert back to the past and say, okay, where do I go from here? You know, and they, let's go, let me go back to what worked for me in the, before in the past. And in, though that may have served them then, it's not necessarily applicable to where they are now. So you got to leave the past in the past. And if you can start out being in the, if you leave the past in the past and you leave the present in the present, uh, then you have a chance. But if you're constantly going to take your past and bring it into the present, well, then it's, it's, it's you're, yeah. you're literally driving while looking through the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. And then you're not able to get out of your own way couple points to that. So my father-in-law is a pastor and from the pulpit all the time, he says, can we let the past be the past at last? I like that. Please. And as you bring that past into your present, you're Mm. carrying a backpack full of bricks, Mm. right? You're you're trying to solve problems with the same thinking that created them in the first place. Right. So put that backpack down, right? There's a lot of pain and hurt and anguish, right? Mm -hmm. So we're all faithful guys. Like we know the power of forgiveness and what that will do. Put that heavy backpack down. It might be painful still, right. but forgive, move on. Let the past be the past. Don't let it define your future is, is huge mindset shift that needs to take place. I think if you're going to have any level of success and more than that, any level of peace in your life. Yeah, for sure. So Josh, you mentioned early uh, before when, you were around 30 and you were kind of getting started in the mortgage business. You said there were some influential people that were in your life then. Who were some of those people that kind of like mentors or people you gravitated towards that kind of helped you gear towards the next level? Specifically? Um, you know, it has to be someone. You don't have to name right? them, but you know. Yeah, what, yeah no, I've, I've, had, I've had, you know, um, you know, coaches in this business, you know, um, throughout you know, we'll call them business coaches or life coaches or really good friends. Nobody I'm blood related to, by the way. So not that you can't find a, a mentor or a, a leader in your life that you're related to. Right. But for me, I guess it, it was it was always somebody else. You know, um, when my, you know, I, I kind of, my, my adulthood started like on my own, in my own apartment, 18 years old. So, you know, it was, it was really, that was my beginning. So I didn't really have a I really didn't have a network. Like everybody was a, you know, not a warm contact. You know, the people that I knew from from high school, whether they be younger than me or older than me, I meant, you know, they moved on. You know, I never stayed in touch with them. So every contact I had and the coaches that I've come across and leaders and mentors have all been really, quite honestly, strangers, you know. And um, so, yeah, I've surrounded myself with some really good people um, and uh, life changing, you know, not because they gave me the blueprint to success. They were just ahead of where I wanted to be. Right. You know, they, so, and I was, I was, you know, through, through that time frame, um, and having, still having those coaches and, and those, those people to lean on, um, a lot of failures, I must say, you know, um, you know, there's, there's, I guess the easy way to learn things. And then there's the hard way. And then there's Let the really, really hard way. And <laughs> I think that's the way I went. Let me know when you found the easy way. The really, really hard way. And I think back to what Steve was saying about um, the, it's the fear. I mean, you can't, you, you, you're going you're gonna to fall down. I mean, if you're not, you know, think about when you're a kid. If, if you're afraid of falling on that bicycle and you can't get over that fear, you're never going to ride. So it was, it was really about that. And it's that, you know, they, they, they call it growing pains for a reason. It's not growing joy. It's growing pain. Right. Right. So 
you know, so yeah, so it was really in when you're down, having somebody around you get you back, get you back up. Yep. Because we're all going to fall down. The question is, it's not really how many. It's not. It's it is about how many times you fall, but just as important is how many times you get back up. Yeah. And how fast are you bouncing off that bottom? The Bible so, says, "Fall down seven, stand up eight. Right. I mean, it's yeah. It, this is not new knowledge. This is but thousands of years old, but what's difficult is the application of stuff. The application. It's it's all about the implementation, right? So having those people pick you up, being around uh, uh, the tribe, the, the group of people that are going to say, yeah, well, you know, get up again, you know, try again, try again. Um, you know, my mother always said, you know, if you bang your head against the wall, you know, enough times your ears will eventually pop out. Maybe that's what happened. You know, uh, <laughs> so where you get the analogies but, uh, from, you know, mom? So mom's she's in my ear right now. Um, but but truly having a good group of people around you, um, like-minded people um, that are there to, to, to pick you up and support you. And um, if someone doesn't have that person in their life, um, and then you just you just haven't met that you just haven't met that person yet. But certainly they're out there. I and mean, be intentional about going and finding them. Exactly. I mean, <clears throat> they're not going to just walk into your house one day and say, hey, yeah, I want to help you out. They're not knocking on your door. Right. So it's about getting out there. And again, when, you, when you're going through that process um, uh, and you're failing, um, it doesn't mean you're a failure. Maybe it was that behavior. Maybe it could have been a consequence that I call it a blind spot. You may have just hit a blind spot. You know, and, you know it's kind of like driving. You know, there's blind spots out there. It doesn't matter how good of a driver you are. And a blind spot, um, if you don't check your blind spots and have a coach or a mentor or somebody there to help you with those blind spots, you know, somebody could hit you. It's not your fault. Or accidentally, you could maybe hit somebody else when you're driving. It, it's not about point and blame. It's simply that a, it's a blind spot, you know, yeah. it's, and, and this is about, you know, growing from that blind spot and, and getting back up. And doing My wife again. and I are intentional about that, mm-hmm. pointing out each other's blind spots, not in a negative way. Just, hey, you have blind spot here. And it, it's really appreciated, appreciated because it saves us from a lot of wrecks, yeah. right? I mean, but you, having those accountability partners in your life, whether it's a business partner or just mm-hmm. a friend or a mentor or a coach, and especially a spouse, right? They can let you know, like, you know, I always go back to this one time where I wanted to go do another deal with some person that I wrote off. And my wife was like, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm going to do this deal with this guy. And she said, do you remember what happened last time? And I, I have a very short memory, right? So I'm, I'm a really <laughs> good forgiver, <laughs> right? but I also forget right. real fast. Yeah. And my wife gently reminded me that this is a blind spot of mine. And, you know, going back to a poison well is not a good idea. Right. And uh, so that saves me, right, from doing uh, probably another bad deal and getting another bad headache from it. But having those accountability people in your life, really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to take a couple minute break, and we appreciate you listening to the Finding Success show. We're here with Josh Blair, Family First Funding, just talking about success, finding it, getting it. Come back and learn more. You're listening to the Finding Success show. The Jersey Shore's best oldie. 1160, 1310, and MyBeachRadio.com. Beach Radio. Americans have a deep respect for our military and a deep desire to show them the gratitude that they deserve. When those serving so far away receive a small gift box of personal care items and greetings, they know America is behind them. Always Supporting Our Military is a new nonprofit of retired volunteers that meets weekly to send packages to our troops overseas. They need your help to raise money for postage and for items. Each box of toiletries, snacks, and food takes about $18 to send, and they rely totally 
monthly on donations. Will you help? They greatly appreciate any donations to the cost of postage or supplies like small bottles of shampoo, lotion, mints, and more. Please visit Always Supporting Our Military on Facebook, email PASRMilitary at yahoo.com or call 908-278-9561. That's 908-278-9561. Every little bit helps. We've been fighting the war on drugs for a long time. We answer the phone 24-7, 365 days a year. On a busy night, we answer hundreds of calls. This war on drugs needs our intervention. Since 2014, Addiction Hope and Helpline has helped people struggling with drugs and alcohol. When the phone rings, we help people when they need it the most. When we get a caller into treatment, it feels good. It's a blessing. If you're struggling, drinking, using, and need to get clean, don't suffer alone in silence. Call Addiction Hope and Helpline. Our people understand, and many are also in recovery. Call for support and strength. You can call for someone who can't or isn't willing. It's an act of love. Together we can help you beat this thing and erase addiction from your vocabulary once and for all. Call 800-490-1630, You're listening to The Finding Success Show. Welcome back to The Finding Success Radio Show. We're here with Josh Blair, Family First Funding. We have had a great conversation so far. Thanks for coming in, Josh. My pleasure. So I think the next springboard is, we've talked about a bunch of the struggle, failures, successes, a little bit. Where are you at now? How'd you get there? What's the last couple of years look like in terms of team size, your own personal well-being and growth, and what's your success looking like? It's looking good. to <laughs> <laughs> keep it simple. It's looking good. That's great. Um, you know, it's, it's teamwork. You know, the acronym for that is Together Everyone Achieves More. So, um, but, I, but things are happening now in my life that, I, I don't understand. I, I'm wondering, is it that when I helped that little lady cross the street or I helped that woman at Grand Union put her bags in the back of the car, like why is all this abundance you know, happening? And I don't take any of it for granted. Um, I, I really believe it's, um, and it's, you know, it's an ongoing process. You know, I think once you think you've figured it out and, and you know it all, as you said earlier, it's when you really are lost and, and don't know. So I'm just humbled every day and um, even showing up here today, I'm like, I'm going to be around some, some leaders, some winners, someone to learn and, and have so already. So it, for, for me, um, I'm ju- it, just beginning, you know, I'm just at that, that growing state. Um, you know, I think the level of responsibility that is on me as, um, you know, as a husband, as, as, a, as a parent and as a manager really, um, really suits me now. You know, I'm, I'm really growing into that responsibility. You know, when you're you know, when I'm a single and, and had no responsibility, maybe in an apartment lease, it's a little bit different, you know, because I'm trying to find my way. Um, now, you know, I've been married for 11 years, you know, have two beautiful children, um, and now I'm able to see a little bit further down the line. And uh, the difference has really been, um, and we kind of touched on it, you know, self-development, you know, letting the, the past stay in the past, you know, surrounding myself with the right people, and really working on on self, you know, um, you know, a, a lot of what I found to be, you know, a, a differentiator and, and, a, and a catalyst for success has been my mindset. It's really been in controlling, you know, the 45 voices, you know, one for each year <laughs> in my head, you know, um, and really getting that together. So I find that 
in looking back, my my not so much book smart. You know, I mean, I went to I went to high school. I dropped out of community college. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I knew I wanted to make money because I came from a background where there was no money. It didn't really matter what I did. I mean, whether I was getting into the mafia, you know, driving a garbage truck or <laughs> selling real estate, it really didn't matter. I just knew, you know, that I didn't want to eat on, eat, live on oodles and noodles for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, have a couple of bucks in the bank. And that was really it. But because of my mentors, I you just started working on self. And I found that the the more... I grew, you know, personally, the more I grew professionally and that translated into income. So that's pretty much, it was really about self-growth, self-improvement that got me to this point. And again, I'm just, just getting started. You mentioned while we were off air for a few minutes, Josh, um, and we've, we've talked about this in our, our previous episodes, um, that faith has been a a big, strong part of where you Mm -hmm. are today. Um, you know, and I, I'd love to hear that, you know, because I think a lot of people take that for granted. But I'd like to just, you know, have you talk a little bit about that and, and how that's helped you mm-hmm. and your mindset and where you are right now. That's a big question. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because, because when it comes to religion and, and politics and people and dynamics and, you know, you know I, don't, I don't know what's more uncomfortable, you know, that question or, or going to Thanksgiving with both my in-laws and my outlaws, you know, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, for me, and again, it's not for everybody, you know, again, like you said, success is different for everybody. And, and it, for me, it's, it's not monetarily. I think the more, you know, again, my, my income is just matches my, my personal and professional development. And a lot of that is what I'm giving out, you know, that you truly get back twice, if not three times of what you give out. Right. And, uh, you know, so when you talk about faith, you know, you, I, I resort, you know, I, I kind of immediately think about the golden rule, you know, and, and uh, you know, th- there's, there's the golden rule. And then I heard that there's a platinum rule now. It's, you know, where it's you treat people the way you want to be treated, um, you know, or then it's treat people the way they want to be treated, you know. But at the end of the day, um, you know, doing on to others and uh, has the way I would want that, you know, my experiences to be has has really, you know, set me set me on a good path. Um, How's that look for like your team? And because obviously we haven't even touched on that yet. Yeah, as far as like everything the, with the team, because because you're a leader. Exactly. I you know you're watching. <laughs> I get more. Yeah, I, I get more gratitude. I get more reward or um, emotional paychecks, and when I'm helping somebody else, you know. Um, why, you know, that's, that's probably another question. Why do I get that joy? Um, so I think it really just comes down to, to my spirit. I, I don't think that everything is a thousand percent, you know, predetermined. I think a lot of it has to do with what we do mm-hmm. with what has been given to us. And, um, you know, m- my connection to God and my relationship in that area has grown immensely, you know, um, you know, this year, last year, the year before. And as I work on myself and, and connecting to a higher power, um, I, I can't dispute the, the pattern there, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's not, that, that may, it may be what it is for me, but that's not necessarily what it is for, you know, somebody else. But for me, the more that I am with God, as you had spoken before, and I'm, you know, focused on, you know, uh, you know, serving other people while serving myself and, and, you know, sharing that, 
you know, what, what the Bible teaches in that area, you know, helping others and, and, and doing the right thing the right way for the right reasons. Well, I need just focusing yeah. on others, including my team, helping them get to the next level. It's again, it's just come, it, it just says come back, you know, in tidal waves to me. And, um, but you've gone above and beyond, you know, because obviously we've done, done some things right. together mm-hmm. with the church and yep. with the field of dreams. You didn't need to. Yeah. But you just had the faith and just did it. it, it it's emotional. It's very emotional. Like when we did the field of dreams um, that night, um, I don't even know where I was getting that money at the time. Right. I'm like, yeah. what, what's going on here? <laughs> and you Why don't did have Justin a... set me up with Christians? <laughs> <laughs> what happened here? You know? And you don't have a special needs kid, so it's a little bit different for somebody that isn't living that but understanding that yeah. that exists yeah. and I'm going to find a way to help out. My, my uncle, um, he was autistic. It, it, it runs in my family. Um, and, uh, but he, there's nobody in my immediate family that, that has a disability. Um, I just heard his story and it was, it was like, yeah, I can do something about it. You know, um, it's one thing to make money, it, but it's really another thing to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I just said that, you know, this is what the need is. And I know that I can make it, I can figure this out. You know, he gave me a financing plan, which helped, you know, but, <laughs> which was good. If it was one lump sum, I don't know if yeah, I've been able to do so. But you have to grow in faith to be able to give to causes like that, right? Mm-hmm. Because you have yeah. to just say, hey, I'm going to trust that it's going to happen, but I'm going to make the commitment right now and sign on the dotted line. And what we were talking about before is you can't live in fear and faith at the same time, yeah. right? So you either believe that you're provided for or you don't believe that you're provided for. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest problem that I had as I grew into the person that I am today is believing that I was in control of everything (laughs) in my life. And when I had the epiphany that, and and the freedom that comes Mm -hmm. with this, by the way, of recognizing that I don't have to be in control of everything because I have a father in heaven that loves me and will take care of me as long as I believe that he will. It changed everything for me, mm-hmm. right? We, we all talk about the hockey stick, right? It's like, here's this growth, here's this growth. And, oh, over the last three years, I've really grown in the Lord, but wow, my business has gone off at the same time. Weird, right? And me too. And, you know, I think that you, I, I, you know, I think you can be unapologetic about your faith. Yes, some people will choose not to go down that road. Some people will, and the right people um will reach out to us and, and ask us for our stories and the other people will just take it for what it is and that's okay. But <clears throat> especially in my family, I know that there was so much pressure, especially when building a team, right? And building a family, so much pressure on me going, man, now I have to be responsible for my wife and my kids and all these employees. And I didn't hire people for the longest time because I was so scared that their destiny was in my hands. Mm. Mm. And once I recognized, right, and God kind of revealed this to me through some prayer, like, hey, their destiny's in my hands, not yours. You're not all-powerful Stephen, right? I'm all-powerful God. And Mm. once I had that epiphany of like, oh, wow, other people's destiny is not in my hands, I could hire, right? I could hire, I could fire, I can be at peace with that because sometimes I have to release people into their destiny and see you later. And other times they'd be a great fit for the team and but at the end of the day, I didn't stress and lose sleep over it because I recognized that, hey, this isn't all me. And that was really a lot of freedom in terms of that growth curve. And um, I think if business owners can rely on that, they have a lot more peace in, in their business. I think as far as you know, running a business, um, and 
I don't know exactly where it comes from, but we, we think that we can control everything, you know? And, and if we believe we can't control everything, we believe that we can control everything in our business. Yeah. And then, and then if we don't believe that, we believe that we can control everything in, you know, um, you know, our office and in our life. And, and the fact of the matter is, is you can't control the uncontrollable. You know, that four letter word's gonna happen, life. And it's not what happens to you, it's how you handle it. You know, we were just speaking about something unfortunate that happened in someone's life back, way back when, and, and you know, he had no control over that. He had no control over that. And, and it's so, um, but how he reacted to that makes all the difference. You know, and, and things change. So it's not what happens to you, it's how you handle it. And I think when you're in business and you have that entrepreneurial mindset and you want to take over the world, you try to, and it doesn't mean you're um, micromanaging, you just want this done, want this done, want this done. And if you're not working with human beings, that may be very well possible and very well controllable. But right. as long as you work with human beings, <laughs> things are going to happen and yeah. that they just do. Yeah. And again, I think it's a matter of, of and that's where faith has really made an impact in my life was, you know, this is, this is bigger than me, you know, and so. You're just playing a role. Yeah, uh, you know, so it's a matter of just looking for direction spiritually, you know, and, and, and getting that advice and, you know, and, and that, you know, influence of, okay, how should I go about handling this? Yep. You know, thinking before you speak. And, and um, but, but you also touched on something else, it's forgiveness. You know, when you put the backpack down, so many people aren't willing to, they bring their past into their future because they never let go of it because they, they're their own worst enemy. I think everybody, whether you're, you know, a clerk in a store or you're a business owner, we are our own worst enemy. And um, whether that be from, you know, the, our programming of how we were brought up, which is probably the case because things have gotten in way, you know, things have passed down from generation to generation. But being able to live in the present, forgive yourself, understand you can't control everything. In fact, the more and more you think you can control something, it's probably the exact opposite. Um, and, and for me, having faith, you know, um, in my life and what, what Ed had said in, in the prior, um, in the prior, uh, meeting was it's about impact over income. And that is really what has, has, uh, worked for me, you know, not focusing on selling a mortgage or, or, or selling a house, but really serving the per serving that family. You know, I, I would say, um, my client base, if my client base is 100%, I would say 80% um, of them are not even ready to buy a home. You know, they were referred to me by a financial planner, realtor or somebody and said, would you help them? You know, and so... Um, so get them ready to buy Get them home. ready to buy. Some of right. these people, it's, it's like, you know what? It's not right right now. Mm -hmm. And I think part of, you know, the reward that I've gotten, I sit down with more people that can't buy right now and be and the reason why I sit down with them still for 45 minutes, an hour, however long it takes, and I go through a, a personal financial planning appointment, um, people will stop me and say, well, this has nothing to do with a mortgage. You're talking about saving money and what my budget is for Comcast and how does that work? And they're like, this is different. And I think because I'm not focused on selling them a mortgage, mm -hmm. I'm focused on making sure they understand their personal financial statement, that yeah, they understand budgeting, yeah. that they understand how important it is to, you know, uh, maybe go bankrupt and, and purge all this debt or, um, you know, do some debt consolidation that I'm more focused on helping them. They really, they care more, they understand because with spending an hour, there's no charge, there's no, you know, uh, by the way, here's the pitch, you owe me this much money. 
they understand that, okay, this guy actually really cares. And it just goes back to my experience because I had the bankruptcies. I'd lived on the oodles and noodles. I didn't have anybody there serving me. Nobody was there to serve my parents. You know, the financial service industry, and I don't want to offend anybody, but I find it to be very discriminatory. Because if you have a lot of money and great credit, there's people out there willing to help you. Yep. You know, if you live in that zip code and you have that, that background, there's, you know, you're getting the guys, you're getting the hedge fund guys, the investment guys, the, you know, the Dean Witters, the Morgan Stanleys of the world. Yep. And they're calling, soliciting you on um, ETFs and this is what gold's trading at and, you know, the new IPO and how do I, you know, we got you in the new IPO and, you know, and, and, and all that type of thing. But if you're, you know, hard working middle class, like my parents, you know, like me, like probably us, I think we all put ourselves still in that, in that um, demographic. We're getting educated on the Dish, Verizon, Gutter Guard. We don't even, and we could be maybe renting an apartment. Like, why am I getting this in my Val Pack? I'm an apartment. <laughs> and I, I rent. You know, we're getting educated on that type of stuff. And, and so, I, again, I find that for me, it's a personal thing. I, when I got in the business and I realized how much people don't know, I said, I'll be danged if I'm going to put somebody in a two, three, four hundred thousand dollar responsibility and not give them all the tools and resources to beat the bank, to get ahead, to understand how this works. And so by taking that extra time and, and, and educating people, they just have found that to be very um, like, who's going to help them? And if I don't take the time to help them, my feeling is nobody's going to help them because they're all going to be overlooked. Right. And so a lot of, I think really what, where I am, and again, just starting getting, getting it really rolling, is a lot of the goodwill that I, I, I did or, or just the way I've operated my business from, from day one. Um, I, I get calls from people and, and, yeah, you did my mortgage 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh, great. And then I'm, I'm looking through my database and I'm like, they're not even on my list. Like, how did they even, how did they track me down? They're not getting my newsletter. And I'm, now I'm like, I should put them on my list. And I'm like, hey, no, you helped, you know, you helped, you know, you helped me and you helped Impact. me. And it's like, wow, it comes back. Yeah. So I can't, that definitely helped my, you know, my belief system, you know, but it, so it's what came first. Yeah. That I believe in doing the right thing and then it happened or was I just doing the right thing and then more of the right thing started. So it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg. So yeah, I mean, right. sowing and reaping is a thing, right? And what I love about it is it's testable and measurable. Yeah. Like, so everybody's like, oh, you have blind faith. No, not true. Right. Mm, <laughs> I, I can test, measure it and show you documentation as to where my <laughs> faith lines up yeah. with all of this stuff. That's proven. So, um, I spent an hour on the phone yesterday with a lady who wanted to invest with us on the next apartment complex that we're buying. And she asked me a very prudent question, which was, don't you have hedge funds that'll fund these deals? And I said, yeah, I do. I actually had a guy who offered me a $50 million check to write, to do equity for the next $200 million with acquisitions over the next couple of years. Mm. She said, well, why don't you just take that? And I said, well, because that helps Wall Street. That doesn't help you, right? I. I want to dig into your why. Why are you investing in real estate with me? Why are you looking for better than market returns? Why are you interested in creating generational wealth? Why is that important to you? Mm. She's like, yeah, but you have to talk to a lot more people and blah, blah, blah. I said, great. I love that. Right? If, we can, if we can help those yeah. people get from a place of, you know, okay financially mm -hmm. to financial freedom by doing this and not talking to Wall Street, yeah, I'm happy to do the extra work, yeah. right? Because- you know, nobody else is teaching these people that they can go out and do these and invest in these deals or get this type of financial planning. Like, you know, why is my Comcast bill affect my mortgage? Well, because if you're not financially healthy, you don't, you shouldn't have a mortgage. Exactly. Right. So yeah. all really good stuff. Um, 
we have a couple minutes left, and we'll. Uh, I just want to touch on something that you said before while we're in the midst of this faith conversation. Mm-hmm. You gave us kind of your mission statement for the year, if you don't mind me asking you that on air. If you do, it's fine. I'll no, tell you mine. No, it's fine. Okay, you know, I, the so it's 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 about the team. It's about self. It's about the team. But for me, it's about the mission. I find that when you focus on the bigger picture, um, everything just falls into line. You know, so it's always about the big picture. So I mean, it, it changes a little bit, but but at the end of the day, it's about sharing, radiating God's love. You know, passionately serving others while serving myself, creating magnificence in everyone I touch. At the end of the day, it's making a difference. You know, I think the success for me is measured in, in how much positive energy and, and more importantly, what can I do with that positive energy to make a difference in someone's life? Because it's, it's that butterfly effect. It's the ripple. I mean, it, you know, with, with some people, it's like putting a boulder in a puddle. Some people, it's like throwing a pebble into the ocean. But every action has a reaction. And we were talking about that before. And if you can make that difference, like I know, like success in Trenton with Justin, that, that, it was a progressive. It was, look what we did. That was success. Um, and, and so for me, um, making, that, making that positive impact and following that mission statement, and it doesn't, it, 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 it's, a, it's a fluid statement. Success is fluid. It's not, it's, it's not a destination. It's not like, okay, I'm here, I arrived. Again, when you've done that, that means you've all, you think you've learned it all and you're complete and, you know, there is self-actualization, but even I believe... When we do get there, there's still an involvement of, you know, that too. So, again, I think that it's de- certainly success is a, uh, is a journey, not a destination. And, um, and how many people we can impact with, with our experiences and with what we've learned and what we know, um, I think, is, is where it's at. Yeah, you know? enough naysayers out there, right? Enough people pointing at problems. Yeah. And I think the most successful people I know are very similarly minded to – wanting to impact other people, be a joy in their life, right? Have fun together and just uh, there's enough people pointing at problems. Yep. So, yeah, we um, we can talk about that for hours too. Um, so I love your mission statement, to, um, you know, to, to be able to create magnificence. I, I like the fact that you recognize that it is something that's in our control to be able yep. to do, right? So you can magnify God's love. You can create this magnificence. Really what you're doing is talking about how do you impact people in a positive way? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get to do it at home. You get to do it with your kids. You get to do it on the business front, right? And this show holds me hyper accountable too because I always talk about how we're doing it on the business front, right? right? If I go home, my wife is listening to this and I'm not doing it on the home front, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Swing and miss. Yeah. That's it. Because, I mean, that's another big part of that success is, well, am I being the husband I want to be? Am I being the father I want to be? The business owner is easy as far as I'm concerned, right? What's hard is making sure that you're prioritizing the, the most important relationships in your life, right? God, your wife, your kids, your business, your clients, all of those things are very important. I, you know, I, I'm a big believer that your work is your worship and you Ooh. should go to work and that's how you're worshiping. But also, are you being a good husband? Are you being there for your family? And are you doing the things that usually fall by the wayside? when people achieve some level of success. The most successful people I know are not the ones with $10 million in the bank. They're the people with $10 million in the bank and a marriage of 50 years, mm. right? Like, so it's easy to have a piece of success, but if you don't create that holistic, what's that look like for my life, then your own definition of it, it's easy to get wrapped up into somebody else's definition of it. So <clears throat> important, I think important distinctions there that 
we've been talking about. So how many uh, families are you funding every, uh, every year? How many families are you helping, really, I guess is the question. Uh, you know, being hard on myself, I'd say not enough. But we are, you know, we're helping, uh, I think the average is about 40 to 50 families in my, you know, my, my network, my team. Um, Monthly? The company um, that I work with and, and didn't really touch much on that, but again, huge reason. You know, I've been with the bigger companies. I've been with this, I've had my, I had my own company in the past and family first funding, not to give them a plug, but it's just, it's credit where credit's due. They have invested um, in all their employees and they certainly have made an investment in me. And one of the easiest ways that they have done that is just leading by example. Um, you know, Gabe Gillen, the president of the company uh, is, um, you know, uh, not only did he help a family, but he actually through Habitat for Humanity built a home, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so in addition to the charities that we had mentioned in the Field of Dreams, I meant uh, he has taken the lead um, of, uh, you know, giving back in a big way and, and serving families here locally. So, um, you know, when you can surround yourself with the right people, um, not, not just because you want to be around them, but because, and not just because of who they are, but, um, but what they stand for, you know, it changes everything because you're getting up every day and yeah, you're fighting for your family and you're, you're going out there in the big world and making things happen. But you're also, you know, you're also part of a, like you said, that tribe. And, and when you're all rowing together in the same direction, you're going to get there a lot faster. So, um, you know, some companies have taken 17 years to get to a billion, you know, it took us seven years to get to a billion. Uh, we're constantly expanding in other markets and other states and, uh, and knowing that there's a great opportunity within the company. Um, and it's really because of, of the families that they're helping. I mean, I mean we, we, we typically will do loans um, and, and um, take bets and invest in families and, and, and people that, you know, the bigger financial institutions are, are you know, they're already, they want to overlook them. Mm-hmm. So, um, and whether it, it takes us 30 days to get their credit up or it takes us, you know, you know, years to help them, you know, it's the same throughout. I mean, um, and, and now I'm very happy to say nowadays, I mean, we're growing so fast, but we've never been more selective um, in, in who we bring on because of that whole association factor. You know, the, 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 the owners are young um, and, uh, you know, they're family. And so, um, yeah, it's real exciting that, um, that the mission to, you know, to, to help families out there achieve the dream of home ownership and beyond um, resonates from the top down. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome to be a part of, uh, of a company that's growing, you know, doing the right thing the right way for all the right reasons. And, uh, you know, it's not just about the bottom line with the company. I mean, we give back. Um, just as much, you know, our goal is to give back more than we could ever get. You know, that's really the deal. And um, yeah, no, I'm real proud, real proud to be to be a part of the company and to and to be here today. So, Josh, where can they find you if they're looking for you to talk about some of this financial planning, mortgages? Where, where can people call me directly? You know, call me directly. My cell phone, you know, my email, my website. You know, my cell phone is What's your website? Yeah, oh, joshblair.com. This is my first name, last name, joshblair.com. My phone number is 732-904-7856. Um, and uh, yeah, well, you know, me and my team, I have a great team. Uh, we all work together. It was a, not an overnight to find the right people, but um, yeah, I'm very blessed to have a special team and we're all here, you know, uh, to help. I can vouch for that. Yeah. Hmm? How many people you have on the team now? It's now we're up to eight. Okay. Now, now we're up to eight. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I guess the word's getting out that we're doing, you know, doing, doing the right by right. people yeah, and doing, and, right and we're, you know, without even having to, to market, um, we're just attracting, attracting success by, I guess, who we're becoming, you know, who the, who the, who the leadership uh, of the company is becoming. We're just attracting um, good quality people that want to be a part of the mission. And it's, uh, it's great to be able to help people. Well, we are honored to have you here. Thanks Thank for you. the conversation. It's been a lot of fun. Finding Success Radio Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Finding Success Show. For more exclusive content and previous episodes, check out successradioshow.com. That's www.successradioshow.com.